0: What causes you to rejoice? Is there anything that happens in your life that causes you to say yes or jump out of your seat or yell or cheer or clap or maybe deep down inside, yay? What causes you to rejoice in your life? Other side of that coin, what causes you to, shall we say, grumble? What causes you to say Nurh, or Nurh. that's kind of how it sounds like in my heart and mind when I grumble. What, what causes you to grumble? What bugs you? What gets on to you? What kind of gets underneath your skin? The things that we rejoice at as well as the things that we grumble at reflect what we truly value. If you value something that you will rejoice when that goes in the way that you value it. And it will cause you also to grumble if it goes against uh, the way you want it to go. It's, it's really two sides of the same coin, rejoicing and grumbling. Do you find yourself rejoicing more in life? Is, is there, is, what's the balance like between how often you rejoice in your life and your world and how often you grumble? Is there a good balance or are you a little out of balance on one uh, versus the other? You know, I really don't blame these Pharisees for grumbling. Tax collectors were people who were hired by the Romans to do just that, collect taxes. They had a reputation for taking more than what they were required to take. Because they had the empire backing them, they could cheat people. For a Jew, tax collectors were easily seen as enemies. Israel was meant to be its own sovereign nation. But here they were ruled over by the empire of Rome. And nothing really says that someone else is in charge more than someone who comes and says, Pay up, buddy. It's tax time. Some tax collectors were even wealthy, using their power and their position to take more and gain more for themselves. Furthermore, some tax collectors were Jews. This was tantamount to betrayal. They were sellouts, trading their loyalty to God and country to work for the oppressing empire. How can you really blame these Pharisees for grumbling? they had a right to grumble in a lot of ways. They were just trying to be biblical based upon their understanding of the Bible, based upon their understanding of what God wanted for them and from them. But if you back up just a little bit, if you rewind the story of Luke, we see here that there's something deeper going on. If we have eyes to see, as Jesus would say, then we might take notice. It goes all the way back to Luke chapter 3 and John the Baptist. John was preaching and baptizing in the wilderness beyond the Jordan, and all kinds of people were coming out to hear him, and many were being baptized by them. Now, John did not mince his words. He didn't say, we're just all out here to love each other and be inclusive. No, he said something like this. You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? If that doesn't wake you up on a Sunday morning, i got nothing else for you, brothers and sisters. This was not a compliment to those coming out. In response to his preaching and his warnings, the Scripture says that Even the tax collectors came out to hear Him and to be baptized by Him. And in light of His brood of vipers warning, they said, Well, what should we do? How do we get our lives right? John says, Collect no more than the amount prescribed to you. Only take what is required and no more. He doesn't say, make a career change. He doesn't say, You're, you need to get in a different line of work. He just simply says, hey, don't take advantage of people. Tax collectors being baptized? You know, this is just one of the many great reversals throughout the Gospel of Luke. Everything is getting turned upside down. All the assumptions are, are being tossed. Now that Jesus is on the scene, those Who thought they were insiders are becoming outsiders. And those who thought they were outsiders are becoming insiders in Jesus' movement. And so, the tax collectors are coming near to Jesus to listen to Him. Throughout the Gospel of Luke, listening to Jesus is a metaphor for discipleship and obedience Listening means heeding what Jesus is saying and doing what Jesus is telling them to do. Mary would sit at Jesus' feet and listen. Others would listen to his word and to his teaching. Jesus even says that anyone who hears and does his words is his true family. This great reversal of outsiders and insiders actually reveals... What the Pharisees value. Their grumbling in response to it shows just how far off course the nation of Israel has gotten. So far off that they cannot even recognize when God is in their midst at work. So far off that they don't even recognize the Messiah, the anointed one, who is standing right there in their midst. This has been coming for, oh, maybe a good thousand years or so. God had blessed Abraham and had told him, I am blessing you so that you will be a blessing, so that all the families of the world will be blessed. That's God's original vision when He called Abraham and made His covenant with him. But as Jesus is marching toward Jerusalem deep into the gospel of Luke. You can just see it coming out of him again and again and again. O Israel, you were chosen to be a royal priesthood, a holy nation set apart to be different than all the other nations, to practice righteousness and justice so that all the nations of the earth would see your example And your witness, your generosity, your hospitality. And you would have been blessed by God. You would have had great influence for God's kingdom in the world. The nations would be drawn to you. It's the vision of the prophets. But you lost that holiness. You took that blessing And instead of trusting me with it, you hoarded it for yourself. You were raised up to be a light to the nations. A means through which God would draw people unto himself. But you kept people away for so long. And now I am here to show you that you were supposed to be what you were supposed to be doing in the first place. Jesus is saying, I'm here to show you the real kingdom of God. Not the kingdom you think it's going to be, but the, the real kingdom. People are being drawn near. People are repenting of their sins. They're changing their ways and their life in light of Jesus. They're listening and obeying Jesus' teaching. Jesus is simply embodying What God wanted Israel to live out all along. And what Jesus is embodying and how different that is than what Israel actually has become is manifested in the difference between the celebration of the angels in heaven and the grumbling of the Pharisees. The value systems have gone their separate ways. And what is Jesus saying about these outsiders becoming followers and disciples? He says that there is joy in heaven over one sinner who repents. They are repenting. They are changing their ways and their lives. And heaven is rejoicing. Angels are rejoicing. There is this community in heaven that's celebrating God is celebrating yeah I remember as a kid my father who's a, a farmer and rancher we would I'd have memories of us checking cattle together which means that my dad did most of the work and every now and then I'd get to help him count cattle and I remember driving through the cattle and he would count his side and I had all this pressure on me to count my side and and if you've never driven through a field of cattle before, it's harder to count those cattle than you think. Like they move around and, you know, you're like 27, 28, 29. And then you think, did I get that one or not? I can't remember if I've counted. They don't all just line up in a row. You can't just, it's it's harder than it looks, all right? And I can remember, you know, we might have 150 head of cattle in one particular pasture, and we'd go through and we'd spend an hour or two driving around, finding them all down in the the little draws and over to the, you know, they're always in the corner somewhere. And in a field of 150, we'd get to about 149. We'd be missing one. And I was thinking, you know, 149's pretty good. Like, this was a test, that'd be an A+. plus. I'll take it. But my dad would usually... Like, all right, we got we to go again. Got to count them again. And we'd go through them again. And the, the effort and energy expended on going to try to find every last one, it mattered to him. And as I've grown up, I, I can see that now. It, it, I can see why that matters. The, the value system that I had as a kid had is a lot like those Pharisees. Can we just go home? I'm hungry. Who cares about that one? I think in the same way, God cares about everyone. Jesus is really saying that. What shepherd doesn't leave behind the 99 and go seek out that one? What woman doesn't sweep the house? This is the God that we have come to worship today as a God who seeks out people. He searches for people. He longs for people to come back. And he celebrates, not grumbles, but celebrates when people return to him. You know, I want to learn to value what God values. I want to learn to rejoice when God rejoices. When, when heaven is rejoicing, do, do we miss it? Is, is having rejoicing at certain events, then we just we just don't see it. Do we find ourselves rejoicing in places that maybe don't matter that much, and and maybe grumbling in places that may even not matter that much, or may even be antithetical to what God is trying to do? Oh, that we would value what God values. That we would be a people who rejoice in what God is doing. I encourage you and I challenge you today to think about how God might be inviting you to rejoice with him. Think about what that would look like. What would have to happen in your life or in the life of those that you know or maybe even those that you don't know for you to join in with heaven in rejoicing. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, as we come to this table, we realize we too are those who need to come near you. we realize that we might be that one lost sheep or that lost coin. And whether we identify with the lost or whether we identify with the Pharisees today, Lord, would, would you just give us the grace to let go and to come to your table today? To know that your love for that one is the same as your love for us. Show us, Lord, help us to receive that. That we may rejoice in what you're doing. In our lives and in the world. Whoever the tax collectors are for us, whoever the sinners are in our world, would you give us a heart to truly see through to the depths of who you've made people to be and become. We love you, Lord. Come and show us your ways today. Amen.